The British Museum has a large stack of wax cylinders, lacquer discs, cassettes, reel-to-reel tapes and mini-discs they need digitising. Meanwhile, Google TV is dead and Netflix are not blocking VPN users. They tell me it's the airwaves. It's time to take to the airwaves and do a show whose title sounds very much like that. It's the podcast that talks media and entertainment news with me this week, Alex G. Fox. How are you doing, sir? Good evening and welcome. Uh, when you went, it's time to, I nearly went, play the music. Yeah. I was thinking, come on, we've got to do that, haven't we? I mean, we've got to do a, um, a Muppet special. We could. We I could mean, with, with our current guest on, we've, we've we got half of the Muppets in one there, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, well, there we go, there we go, there we go. I had a slight accident with the cat earlier, did you? Don't know why. Uh, yeah, I well, I didn't have an accident with the cat. The cat had an accident. Yeah, yeah. All it's... over me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it there, shall we? Uh, last but not least, fresh from his New Year's Eve revelry and merriment. Carl Madden, how are you doing, sir? I'm fine. I've just woke up from it. Yeah. (laughs) Twelfth day, awake. This is the new year. Great. Mm. You haven't even done your first episode of Mac and Forth yet, have you? No, we were meant to do it last week, and uh, because it's uh, our anniversary show, and uh, 50% of our team wasn't available, so we're going to do it this week instead. Well, like most relationships, people, some people in them forget the anniversary, don't they? Um, I don't know. I'm not in any other kind of relationship to have an anniversary. Are you not? All right. Well, there's every man like me that's been married for too many years that just smiled to themselves, thinking, "I remember that cold shoulder that night when I came home." And I, I thought forgotten. he was going to say that cold blade, the cold, <laughs> cold blade between the shoulders. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I think that may have been my last anniversary, rather than looking back. Yes, <laughs> nice, nice. Right, let's let, let's let's begin. Let's begin. Let's start. Well, just in honour of Carl, it's remarkably warm this time of year. It is. Oh. It is it's lovely. It, it, uh, it did get caught in the rain today, though. That really. <laughs> it did a bit. It did a bit. Yeah. Um, My shoes got. Is well. she drinking pina colada? Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, could have been. Tell you what, I nothing. No, somebody parked in my parking space this morning at work. Did Damn they? them. Yeah, I did. Should've and it was raining this morning, so I had to walk further. To the- <laughs> Has this show changed into just let's have a general moan about things? Yeah, why not? No, that's bloody kids next door, they're screaming their heads, oh, I don't know, bloody kids, I don't political parties, I don't know what's going on. Well, you've done more than we have, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's get into the interesting bits. British Library seeks £40 million to save sound archive. The British Library has launched a campaign to raise £40 million to digitise the country's sound archives of more than 6 million recordings. Uh, the library said around 2 million of these are fragile and rare recordings. These are at risk of being lost due to physical degradation and the disappearance of the technology to play them, the library has said. <laughs> yeah. There's only five or six DAT players left in the world. The archive, which includes the voice of Florence Nightingale, is held on more than 40 formats. Uh, These include wax cylinders, lacquer discs, cassette players, um, 
reel-to-reel tapes and mini-discs. The UK Sound Archive includes recordings of local accents and dialects used to monitor the evolution of the English language and sounds of rare or extinct wildlife. Now... This to We're me, the greatest spotted madden. Yes, I want to know. Coming out the pub, pub on a Friday night. I want to know: is the audio of Florence Nightingale going? Are you better because we need the bed? Yeah, mm, yeah. I'm. I'm guessing not. She oh, probably okay. read Mary had a little lamb or something like that. Did she? Probably. probably. I don't, she I don't did know. do very early recordings when it was um, test recordings as well. What, she just she went testing like probably, one, two. She was like one of the most famous women in, in the world at the time. So, you know, it, it's like going for Beyonce or um, I'm sure there's somebody else that's more famous. I just don't know. Kim Kardashian, because I read about her the other week. Stop. I'm Alex. still not quite sure who she is, Stop. but I know she's famous. You're comparing Florence Nightingale to Kim Kardashian and, uh, and, and I don't know, Baby Spice. Well, from what I read, they've probably done equal amounts for men's morale. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, well, it it seems it seems like they've missed they've missed a trick here. They don't need forty million. They just need to open up an archive.org account, surely, or get handbrake. Yeah, indeed. No, it's, I mean, in all does handbrake support wax cylinders? I know it supports cassette players, but it's got quite a lot of <laughs> stuff down the bottom that nobody reads. No, 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 yeah. no, sliders that if you push, your video file ends up enormous and <laughs> beyond the quality you can possibly see, or it just looks awful, and you can fit it on a floppy disk. Mm, that's a word you don't hear often. No, I think it's really important. I, mean, I think it's a bit strange, because surely this is the sort of thing the National Lottery was... You know when we, we set up the National Lottery, it wasn't so people could win money. Nobody cared about that. It was all about the charity. All about the charity. Now, sure, yeah, surely this, this is what it's for, isn't it? I mean, I, I've got involved with so much, um, you know, maybe maybe the uh, the galleries and all the rest of it were um, quicker on the draw. But, I mean, there's been plenty of um, lottery money to digitise works of art. I mean, any piece of... I think they've only done the oil paintings, and it's taken a lot of my work away, the the sods, but they've done it really poorly, so that's okay. But every oil painting... Quiet. Every oil painting... Oh, who'd you get in to do this, eh? (laughs) Exactly. Every oil painting in public ownership in this country has been photographed and is freely available on the internet via, I don't know what it's called, your paintings or something. It's some... Um, you paint. Yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, this is actually really important because I've heard some of these things over the years. And, um, I mean, I was watching something recently and it was about how dialects have changed in the country. And actually, I was with you in a museum recently, Carl, and we were listening to, uh, I think it was the Museum of London, and they had earpieces, and they were saying, you know, pick the dialect or pick what this language were. Do you remember that? It was in the Museum of London. And a lot of them were sort of dialects of parts of the country, and we could only pick a few words, but, you know, they were recorded, you know, at the time, you know, they weren't ancient languages or anything, and there's very few people that still speak them. I mean, it's incredibly important. I mean, really, I mean, joking aside, I mean, it's incredibly important because once it's gone, it is gone. And yeah, when that, you think that wax it, ain't going to stay in one piece for long, yeah. But when you think about it, 40 million pounds, like, okay, like, you know, there's people who are talking about shortage of money. Let me tell you, forty million pound is an absolute drop in the ocean. If if you know people that worked in government had one sugar instead of two, you'd probably save that in a year. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. 
And this, to me, is really important. Or, you know, say to Google, you know, can you write us a check for 40 million quid and we call it the Google Archive, whatever you want. God, can you imagine the uproar? I don't care. Yeah, this the is uproar more of people who don't know what they're talking about, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, get it done, get it digitised, but get it digitised and make it public domain because it is a museum. It's not there to you know make money off of if the museum i mean the thing is if the lottery do pay for it then the museum has to give up the rights to being able to make many money off it okay so what the museum should basically do is find out the things that have got some saleable value because you know the museums need to generate money you know and that's something that they need to do and they're going to need to do a lot more of in the past but if they i can't remember what it was it was it two million two million that were delicate and i can't remember what the amount of in total were um oh, yeah two million of them are fragile but i can't remember there's only about six million recordings or fragile and rare yeah and i can't remember what the figure was but you know so the important ones then i don't know let them raise five million or something to get the important ones done so they can keep copyright for want of a word to generate money off and yeah no get sponsorship get the lottery get someone to pay because if it, i mean i honestly if this goes we're what a waste um when you've got the same thing with the film institute they're, they're still you know there's still a problem with digitizing this stuff and the costs to do it are nothing compared to what they were 10 years ago and a lot of these things have been left purely as, oh, well, technology will move on. It will be cheaper. But if they're degrading, you've got no choice. So, anyway, I think it's really, really important. I think it's funny towards the end, though. They say the library at the moment has estimated that 92% of the UK's current radio output and 65 to 70% of the UK's published music output is not being fully archived. Who the hell wants to archive, hi, this is Carol Radio on a Monday morning, and we're traffic's backed up on Houston Road, so we're going to listen to the latest Justin Bieber. Here it comes. Who wants to keep that? No, fair enough. But there are, there's plenty of local uh, radio programming, which is, you know, people talking about what's going on in the local area. Now, that it doesn't sound much to me, but in 100 years' time, that's history. It is. You Justin know, Bieber will be history. part of history, like it or not. Oh, but if only. There's, I think, I, I'm really... Only being ahead. He'll be in a jar. His head will be in a jar in uh, future armor. Uh, He's about to be important enough to end up in that one of those. <laughs> I'm really interested if if they would um, if they would turn this library into. <laughs> If they would turn this this library into something that we can all get out online, because I, this is the kind of thing I would just spend days in there listening to random. Well, I was thinking it. I would. I would. I'd pay a subscription if it. Or a subscription. I, yeah. yeah, I'd pay a subscription. One, I'd like it. But two, if I knew I was contributing to actually getting it digitised. And honestly, I, I, I would, I'd, I'd give them 100 quid up front and pay Kickstart. 20, 30 quid a year. They could. They yeah. could Kickstarter this, couldn't they? Well, Please, let's, let's just hope they, they find the money before, um, before we lose the Bic Biro, without which we cannot fix problems with cassettes. Let's move on. <laughs> To the that was going. industry. <laughs> it's a bit of a tortured, yeah. Um, CES, if you haven't noticed, was around, um, it was uh, taking up space in Las Vegas last week. Um, all kinds of weird little bits and pieces. A lot of, um, a lot of stuff on the, on, on the first day from, uh, was it Showstoppers and um, Pepcom or whatever, <laughs> whatever they 
call it. Um, these two things where you basically shove as many members of the press into a room as you can, give them as much free food as you can, and um, hope they write nice stuff about they your write, Yeah, thing. hope they write nice stuff about you and what you've done. Um, the uh, there's, there's lots of stuff. If you go on to um, Alex has found uh, digitaltrends.com forward slash CES forward slash digital hyphen trends hyphen top hyphen tech hyphen of hyphen CES hyphen 2015 hyphen nominees. It rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? And um, they, they've come up with a, a, rather, a rather interesting list. And I just want to start with one thing which seems to have been whenever I've seen um, tweets of things going on in, at CES this year, it's been the curved televisions, the curved screens, the uh, the 4K UHD, the, you know, the new Samsung, it curves so far you have to put it on like a hat, that kind of thing. Um, what? <laughs> no, that's, that's more like the Oculus Rift. Um, are we, uh, we're all happy with our TVs, aren't we? we we're not, yeah, uh, we are, which is the problem for the manufacturers because they have to sell more TVs. And it's no good them selling you a TV that you're going to keep for 10 years because they need to continue making money. So they have to keep trying to find gimmicks, you know, or legitimate advances to make you buy the next one. And 4K is, well, I think 4K, and you know, it's starting to show in 8K, I think. But it's, be- it's better than that. It's this new nano, nano web technology thing. Is this, yeah. is this the quantum the, qu- the quantum stuff, yeah, the quantum that is fantastic. What a load of made-up nonsense it is. that is. It's rubbish, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> they call it um, qu- quantum nanosystems. What I mean is a wonderfully made-up name for what it is. That's what I mean. It's clever technology. It's just a wonderful made-up name. I mean... Was there anything that caught your eye, Carl? No, I wasn't there. You weren't. Um, no, um, actually, the thing it did, cut, it's very early on, it caught my eye, is um, the Seagate personal cloud drive, which apparently is $170. Now, Western Digital already do one of these, but this Seagate one is going to have something else on it. It's going to have built in a Plex Media server, which Woo-hoo! is great for me because I have a Plex Media. The only thing is, I see, this is the problem sometimes when you speed read things. I was reading through, and then someone pointed out on our, <laughs> our community page, right down the very bottom, it says this simple paragraph, which for some reason I just glossed straight over. Seagate Simple NAS product, pro- Products product. It's a good thing, isn't it? Um, line manager Charles Rabiubia told me that the cloud drive won't be able to transcode media for Plex in real time. Bit of a problem, that. <laughs> but what it will do is transcode in advance... So the media will be there ready in the formats that you require. And of course, it doesn't really tell you what format it needs. So you might be able to just transcode, like copy them into that format in the first place. So it doesn't have to do any transcoding. Um, but I thought that looked pretty good. It's $170 um, coming out later in the year. Of course, the other thing about CES is they show you all these flashy things and some of them never come out, ever. Yep, yep. Some, of them don't actually, um, some of them don't actually appear. Hmm. So, you know, I think Alex found one where it was um, something that I've been, most of, a lot of people have been waiting for for ages, which is wireless home cinema sound. Because that's the biggest bane. That's why people don't sell it up, because you've all the flaming cables going everywhere. Well, no, what you do, you set it up, right? And then, I don't know, you decorate or you move a chair or you do something and you take it down and then it goes away. <laughs> you think, I'm, not, I'm not doing that again. 
you know, you have all that, you know, you have all that get up and go when you first get it. And it's like, I'm not doing that again. Got up and gone. Yeah, got up and gone. But I mean, they've got these wireless soundbars as well now, which are really quite cool. I, I mean, when soundbars first came out, they were a bit gimmicky because they just sound like, you know, center speakers. Uh, it was like the, you remember you used to get that Phantom or Pseudo surround sound. It used to sound a bit like that. But now they're they're much, much more improved. But you've really got to start hanging your TVs on the wall because you've got no other way of attaching the soundbar. Um, I, I used to really love my Dolby Digital. I used to love it. Um, now I've bought yet an, you know, an, another generation of TV where this picture's even better. I'm slightly tempted to get it all out again. But if it was wireless, that would, it, that would be the one. But it's got to be wireless and not sort of five grand for being wireless. Uh, it, that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what it is, but, you know, the lower-end manufacturers, the sort of the Sonys or the the Yamahas or whoever's making the Denons or whatever are making stuff that's affordable. You know, if you can pay £500 for a, a normal unit and make it maybe 650 because it's wireless, then I'd, I'd be more unhappy. And also remembering with wireless, you, you'll, you'll move the speakers around a bit more. You know, you're not going to set them as such. You'll get it where you want it and then, you know, move your speaker. I'm really quite looking forward to that. I mean, as you say, you've got the sort of what they call beyond 4K TVs. Mm. So they've gone past 4K. Now it's 4K Ultra HDs. Uh, you've got that thing that was really weird with all this, what you were talking about, quantum mm. solace, mm. solace yeah. glass stuff. That was all. <laughs> quantum film. Quantum yeah, exactly. That was me trying to prove that I knew something. You've got lots of uh, 4K um, proper camcorders now. As opposed to, you know, high-end camcorders or really quite rubbish things that do 4K. Now you've got the middle ground that, you know, you're going to get a good picture out. You know, it's not a fixed lens. I mean, I think the GoPros and things do 4K, but they're just fixed lens cameras, aren't they? Don't, at the, af- don't at the affordable end, Alex, you're, you're, you're obviously the man okay. who can answer this question. At the affordable end, is the glass really good enough? And, are, and at that size, are the sensors really good enough? <laughs> is there well, the thing is 4K. Point? No, but the thing is, I mean, people go on about 4K as if it's something special. It's not. It really isn't something special. Compared to a camera or a camera lens, photographic, it's nothing. You know, 4K is still, I don't know what a 4K is, is a megapixels on a camera 3000 and something by something else isn't it yes yeah so you're talking about something that might be a 10 megapixel sensor Mm. but can you know i mean so you you're talking about relatively compared to uh you know photography a relatively low resolution sensor and a a relatively low resolution um type of glass needed yes they are good the only thing with 4k is the throughput you know, you, you, you're taking 50, 60 frames a second at that rate, and that's where the, that's where the technology is. It's nothing to do with the lens or the camera. It, it, it's not a high enough stage. It's not a high enough level to make any difference yet. 8K, well, now you're talking about serious pieces of glass because, of, like for instance, um, my D810, uh, there are known issues when you get so many megapixels on the camera and you're not using um, low-pass filters and things. You know, you get those issues, but you need such precise glass for those issues ever to occur. Now, I've got some good lenses, and I still haven't managed to get it 
to produce the error that you're supposed to be able to do. One day I'll hire a five grand lens just to see if I can get the error to work, you know? <laughs> and so that's the point. It, it's so high end that it's not a problem. Um, you got to remember when you're making films and stuff, yes, it does make a bit more of a difference. But if you're using camcorders and using things like that, 4K, the glass that does, I mean, the glass that does 1080 and stuff isn't very good, but it, it really doesn't need to be good. 4K is almost sort of a camera kit level glass for a, a camera. It doesn't have to be. You've got to remember, most of the time it's fixed anyway. It's a fixed lens, and you've got so few problems compared to fixed lens than interchangeable lenses. And, um, you know, it just works differently. But, yes, the camera should be able to do it. Um, I mean, 4K is nice. But to be honest, I don't know what this new modern 4K TVs like. But the 4Ks that I've had a really good look at, they're not all that. Well, we think they're all that. We like, yeah. we like to think they're all that, but they're not. You look at them closely, and then you look at them against something photographic, and you go, oh, okay, it's all right. I mean, it's good for a telly, but we're still at that stage, aren't we? We're still at, it's good for a, it's good for a, it's, it's not quite what you'd like to think it is. So I wouldn't worry too much about the glass. Yeah, trouble as well with 4K at the moment is the prices are dropping, but the, it's, it's the sort of lower end ones where the prices are dropping. So it's the ones with like 30, 30 frames refresh rate and things like that, which it's not enough, unfortunately. Um, especially, like not some for people, a, especially not for a computer or something like that. Like, you want to play well, games exactly, on well, it. Exactly. But, but like for, a, for example, we saw all the video from, from uh, Black Friday a few months ago. And the, apparently the TV they were selling in a lot of those videos of all trampling over each other has terrible ghosting problems if the scene moves. So they've gone out, poor sods, they've gone out and spent all this money on this, you know, 4K telly, got it home, plugged it in, and every time the camera moves or a character moves, it's got to have a ghost trail behind it. Well, that's the problem. I mean, that's how um, digital TV first started to work, because what happened is it only refreshes the parts of the screen that need to change. And, uh, I mean, that's great, and that's how they managed to get the resolution from the old lines to that. But... That, that's basically the problem with all of these TVs is to put the pixels on the screen is a doddle. To actually refresh them at a rate and keep them clear is the problem. And that's why it's like you can buy a 4K camera, you can buy a 4K video camera for, I bet you could buy one for 150 quid, right? But that's fine if nothing moves. It's just not going to pick up anything. It's, you know, movement is the problem, and it's the same with the TV, and it's the same with the camera. To be honest, you might as well buy a cheap 4K camera if you're going to play it on a cheap 4K telly, because it ain't going to make no difference. That's true. Now, that, um, that, that, that speaker system, that Philips Fidelio B5 wireless ca- uh, speakers, $900. Nice. Excellent. Okay, but there's, uh, there's other ones here, isn't there? The, the Clips Reference Primary, a wireless home theatre system. Clip speakers are very nice, actually. Clip, oh, yeah. clip, sh- clip speakers. Yeah, there's a Philips, there's a Clips, and there's, I think that's a, a Golden Ear technology. Oh. But, um, got a golden Ear. Very good. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, I mean, it's the thing. They've got things like they're coming out sort of more of sort of the Oculus Rift type stuff, and uh, there's quite a lot of gaming stuff this year, which is quite interesting. There I was is. reading one, which they call it the Still Series Century, and it... it um, 
it watches your iron movement. Yeah. There are um, a couple of other products on the market like this that if you have, you know, if you have a bank of monitors or something like that, if you if you actually physically look around or if your eyes are looking around, you the the you know, the view the field of view on the on the game itself can change. Um it's kind of a poor man's Oculus Rift if you if if you don't want to you know, buy the Oculus Rift dev kit and possibly waste yeah. your money on something that might be obsolete in a few weeks. <laughs> can I have a yeah, moment? Yeah, you always do. No, the thing about CES, the thing I kept seeing come up again and again and again, is um, <laughs> this fascination of turning lights on from your phone. Yeah, <laughs> and brilliant. I'm thinking, who? Seriously, who's this lazy that I'm sitting here on the couch? The the switch is five feet away, right? I want to turn the light out. I'm going to struggle, find my phone, find the app, hit the switch, or I can just stand up and turn the light switch off. Yeah, but what if you're lying? All right, go, go, sorry, carry on. It's just, it's just crazy to me. It seems to be turning people who probably already leave a, lead a sedentary life into even more a sedentary life. And of course, in the videos, they're all happy, fit, wonderful, handsome-looking people who have. Well, they're, they're automatically lives. turning the light out so they can go to the gym. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, it's such a weird, such a weird thing. It's like the. Um, you know, was rumoured about having it for ages. The internet fridge. When you heard it was that, you know, it knew you was out of milk, it would order the milk. <laughs> now, now we just live in this world where it's really cool. I'm going to have a moan about this on my show as well. Oh, really yeah. cool. Look, I can turn the lights out from my phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was going to say, what, how, how does everyone feel about these home appliances like the, the Samsung Active Wash Washer, not the inactive washer, uh, the LG Mini Washer? The Whirlpool you know Smart what? Dryer Washer and the, de- yeah, the Dacor Voice you- Activated Oven, Alex. Do you want a voice activated oven? <laughs> no, I've got no, I'm not gonna say that. It sounds really misogynist. Oh, um, okay. oh dear. No, you've already got a voice <laughs> glad activated. He said that, oven. I was going down similar parts. Yeah, but I did see the thing is I didn't say it. it was the joke was not saying. But you know what? When you get to a certain age, you like go out to book telest. Oh, that's a nice washing machine. You get to a certain age, you start doing it. You know the one I heard about um, that made me laugh. It was like this um, internet-enabled doorbell, and it was like, wait, wait. Well, you you can see at home. You can see who's ringing your doorbell on your phone, right? What did it make sense? But the woman who was talking on the BBC, I mean, she's a great. She's really good actually, and you should listen to the BBC's coverage of CES. It's quite funny actually. <laughs> but she said, oh, I'm, you know, it'd be really good when you're out to know who's ringing your doorbell. And I was thinking, why? Why? I mean, it's How all very well possibly- having a, You could recall the door, yeah. doorbell, could have a camera and it could record it. Could you possibly, if you're away from home, how could you possibly make any impact on that what scenario? You do, you, 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 some bloke's knocking on your door and you say, I'm not in. And you go, oh, actually, uh, yeah, sorry, um, no, the house isn't empty. I was joking, I am in. Uh, I just don't want to come down because I'm on my own. No, no, I'm all on my own. I don't want to tell you that. You get, you'd be like, I'll sod it. What you need to do is, um, you know, see it's a bloke and get some voice changer in your phone. I can't come down right now. You know, I'm bench pressing 500 kilograms. I'll be there in a minute. You know, just leave it outside, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just like some really, it's like technology for technology's sake a bit, but I don't know. It's also like the locks as well. You say about the doorbell, what about the locks? I mean, there's a recent spate of, of, of uh, sorry, we're getting slightly off topic. I know, I'm sorry about that. But yeah, there's a, in, in, <laughs> in Chelsea, there's currently a spate of supposedly uh, car carjacking guys going around opening cars with their electronic kits without a key because they're all electronic, you know, locks and ignitions. 
and just jumping in the car and driving away with it. If you've got loads of houses and the only people who are going to have these locks are going to be like fairly rich people in their rich house and they just turn up with their Android or iPhone, press an app, door open, they walk in, take all your stuff away and oh well. Well, you know, so many of those houses, um, you know, because I'm in the in them quite a lot. The telephone system and the door system never is all linked. The whole thing is on one thing. And, you know, you ring the doorbell or whatever, and whatever part of the house are in, they, they press a button because it's all part of the telephone, and they can see and they open the door. I mean, it's not beyond the wit of being able to, I don't know, phone into someone's answer machine and doing a code and opening the oh, door yeah. from outside. You know, it's like, it's all doable. And look, the first time they know it's... Um, it's got vulnerability is when someone's cracked it. It's not like they yeah. work out the vulnerability when no one's looking. It's like, I've been robbed. How did I get robbed? Hold on a minute. My door let them in. <laughs> the, uh, the, fri- the, the fridge let them in because it thought it was the milkman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, dear. The XYZ I still like the washing print- machines. So. Sorry? I still like the washing machines, though. Yeah. Uh, what about the XYZ printer 3D food printer? Do you need your food printed in three dimensions? Until we can have <laughs> until we can have the things out of Star Trek and we can say Earl Grey hot. I'm not interested. You just want Earl Grey hot. I forgot what they're called. Now, it's, a replicator. I, replicator, there you go. Sorry. Which not that I can finish watching Series 7 because they've taken it off Netflix. Yes, you They just- have nasty people. Yeah, I'll be having a word with them about I'll that. see you okay, Alex. Yeah, I'll buy them. It's all right. <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh that, uh, you didn't hear, you didn't see that at home, listeners. Uh, anyway, because you are listeners, we don't, did I? We don't do a watchable, never mind. <laughs> so I can talk to my oven, can I? It's not a bad idea, though, isn't it? Turn, turn it up, gas mark six, 15 minutes. That's not... That's not such a bad that's thing. That's sensible, yeah. actually. I, I, want, I want my oven to send me a text when it's, when it's up to temperature. I'll get a gas oven. No. I wanted to say that six <laughs> times this week you've had chips, Carl. Fatty. Yes. And with that, let's get into the stream. <laughs> Watch the House of Cards Season 3 trailer. Have we all watched it? I have. I have no, no idea going on. Ca- Carl, why do you bother? I'm, I'm assuming from the trailer, <laughs> he's the president. You still haven't watched season, You haven't watched Series 1 yet. No, I know. I Actually, this weekend, I was. I had planned to go and do um watch watch like try and ninja it a bit but then some well then a story came out and i i had to do some research into it and do a load of clips and i thought ah i couldn't be asking you and when i'd done when i finished that i went down the pub see this is your this is this is your great failing in life (laughs) (laughs) you you um you you prepare for your podcasts well, I find it helps. Yeah, sometimes it It doesn't maybe it doesn't come across that i prepare maybe but you know well Alex, you thoroughly enjoyed season one. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, you enjoyed season two not quite as much as season one. Mm-hmm. Does season three... Interesting... I've already said I haven't watched the trailer, though, so that okay. didn't help. Well, fine. Um, when it no, started, I, mean, I season... it was a Call of Duty game. Well, the thing is, I mean, look, season one was almost groundbreaking. In... I think it was possibly groundbreaking because it was a new place that it'd come from as well, the fact that it was from Netflix. So... Season two, again, was really good. Um, it was very good. I've got no reason to think season three won't be as good. I just hope that... I, I don't know if it's an American television thing, or it's probably not. No, let's face it, it is more of an American television thing than not. But they always have to try and beat the last series, you know? If something's good, it's got to be better. 
and sometimes just, syndrome perhaps yeah they just yeah. go too far and whereas before like season one was dark but believable season two wasn't quite so dark it was just like you know what you all right i'll give you that but you're pushing the boundaries of normality reality yeah. you know an endless and parade season- of um of of rather odd events very well acted but uh yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with the acting. It's just the whole thing was getting a bit, oh dear, who's that bloke? What's he got to do with it? Oh, well, oh, yeah, she's had an affair with him as well. My word, where did all that come from? You know? And in the season three, you're going to end up with those aliens from The Simpsons coming down and taking over. I mean, that's the trouble. I just, I worry that they're going to push it too far. You know? I mean, they, American TV has a history of doing that. And let's face it, this is now, this is called global TV now. It's not even based in a. It's not a national thing anymore. It's a global TV series. This is. Um, I'm just hoping. Um, like I say, uh, from what Amazon did say with Ripper Street, um, you know they pushed some real boundaries on that. Um, I hope there isn't going to be a competition going. Let's see how much we can get away with because we're not tied down to, you know, time. We're not tied down to ratings we're not tied down to um you know pg or whatever type thing as well you know and i just the last one was getting far-fetched i i actually like them to pull it back a bit and go more like series one a bit more subliminal yeah yeah if this isn't the last series i don't really see how they can stretch it out for a fourth i think this ought to be just just a nice trilogy of series and then that's it finish complete rounded out nicely well, I'd imagine they've made their money back. Put it yep. that way. Everyone wins their awards, and it goes down as a as a as a trailblazer of a of a series. I think I think that'd be a good thing. What what will not go down well in history, however, is uh, is Google TV. Poor old, unloved, and unused. <laughs> This story from The Verge, Google TV is finally dead. Long live Android TV. (laughs) Google TV, we hardly knew you. No, seriously, basically nobody bought you. (laughs) Those who did suffered through a slow, confusing interface that married the worst of cable with the worst of IR blasters. (laughs) On all devices that were slow and buggy, and now you've died. And the only obituary you have from your not-so-grieving parent company is this missive to developers on Google+, letting them know the libraries they use to make apps for Google TV are not available. Um, but some Google TVs are going to get updated, aren't they, to Android TV? To Android devices. TV? Well, that, that's, if the, um, that's if, the, if the devices can take it. I yeah, they've, they've not said which ones yet. Now, get, but get me, I'm not sure if I got this right, because um, it didn't really take off at all over here. This is mainly in the States, I think. But, um, so this, this sat, this was in your TV. Uh, the manufacturers could put this in their TV. It wasn't a box. It wasn't a separate box, I don't think. Well, not in most forms. You had not Google TV boxes. There were, there were various boxes that were available. Yeah, so you plugged your cable into that box. Then that would... It's a bit like Xbox One. That would place a skin on top of the screen. So whatever you was reading... Uh, watching, sorry, or reading. It depends what you got on screen. Um, it would display information or it would give you further access to apps and things like that. And... Um, so that's what's now being replaced by Android TV, which does exactly the same thing, but apparently works a lot better and it's a lot more user-friendly and stuff. Mm, I think it was a system that basically replaced what we have on things like Samsung smart TVs. 
you know, it it also control because it had an IR blaster in it. It it um it it also gave you the option of controlling your various digital boxes and things. But I remember when it came out, you couldn't actually you could use stuff like Hulu on it for the first week. Oh yeah, then you couldn't. Yeah, yeah, because the companies didn't want it. You you using it because it got blocked. Strangely enough, it says on here one of their partners. Uh, uh, moving forward it's going to be Sony but it wasn't that long ago in all those Sony leaks that Sony was slagging off Google they were calling them the, uh, I had a name for them I can't remember what it is I've tried to Google it while I've been while you've been talking but I can't but yeah but I'm now if you look on Yahoo you'll probably get it yeah I just, that's what I was Google using. probably won't I was going to say Google probably won't give you the search results yeah. no <laughs> probably probably but, um, yeah I mean it's, it's so basically Android TV is well, it was called L at the time, but now we know it's called Lollipop. So, and uh, you know, it's 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 their a different version of their uh, mobile operating system. So good, I mean, you know, because I think we've moaned in the past. I know Alex was quite pleased with his Samsung um, OS on his telly, but uh, we've moaned in the past about how sometimes terrible they are. So if they could use something like Google and let them do all the programming and get out of the way, <laughs> hopefully. Mind you, have you seen this controller in <laughs> in the story? Um, this Sony controller. Oh, this yeah. I yes. remember when that came out. That was horrendous. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. I, I, it's, a, it's an interesting idea trying to merge uh, internet and TV, and it just comes down to complexity all the time. It comes down to complexity. I, I think it's okay for us because we like to play and we like to experiment. But you know, most people they're knackered from work. They get in. They just want to put the news on. They watch Coronation Street or something, and not think about anything. I just want to, you know, see what comes next on, you know, celebrity or EastEnders or something. Yeah. Well, what did you, hmm? you make it easy for those people? That's what I'm saying. Indeed. Indeed. Well, something else that's uh, <laughs> it's not, not exactly uh, is about to shuffle off, shuffle off this model coil. Uh, Talk Talk to shutter loss-making blink box movie service. Uh, Talk Talk's price for taking on the burden of Tesco's loss-making film and TV service blink box is around seventy-five thousand broadband subscribers. It was released on Thursday. Uh, Tesco will hand over its entire broadband customer base, as well as twenty thousand home phone subscribers, to Talk Talk. Barclays analysts estimated they will be worth around ten million in annual earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So, oh, Tesco's been having a clear out lately. They just recently near me. They said, "No, we're moving out of Chesant, which is down the road from me." Um, That's one of their flagship stores. Well, yo, yeah, their their head offices and everything, and they've just gone. No, we're going off, and and uh, so they're obviously cutting back. That guy, the new guy in charge, was basically saying, "I was reading some some piece in a local a local paper that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't care about the history." It's all about making money, and that's what the company is. So basically, anything that wasn't making um, a good return, he, he was just cutting left, right, and that includes like staff and, unfortunately, where where they're where they're located. And this is one of the services that Tesco decided to get rid of. To talk, talk of all people. Now, I don't know anything about Talk Talk because I've never used their service. Mm. Well, we have um, we have uh, Talk Talk internet and a, a, a lot of my friends have talk talk internet and they they don't have problems with it it's fine it well works, i'm just going you know. i'm just going by the comments left at the bottom of the story oh right i'm oh, well, these are people talk, who talk are, is not a very favorable company no these these are probably people who leave comments because 
well, you know what commenters are like. Some of them have very interesting stuff to say, and some of them just want to complain. But mm. I don't, so, I don't know. I, I, I never used Blinkbox. I knew of its existence, and I always thought, oh, I wonder if I should try Blinkbox. But no. th- there was no, um, there was no free to stream stuff available, was there? No, it's all purchase. And now what happens? See, now we're going. To, this is probably one of the. Like Alex has popped off for a moment. Oh, he's come. Oh, and now he's back. back. Excellent. Right. So, like this, this is a situation where you could purchase movies from from uh, Blinkbox, and you could download them. But the only way you can play them is it will then, as soon as you press play on Windows Media Player or, or whatever the chosen player was, is it would send a request back to Blinkbox, get an authorization uh, token, and it will play. Well, what happens now? Um, it times out. Well, exactly. There's no. The stories do not say that anything you purchase from Tesco Blinkbox will be. Um, well, it does. It does say that um, Talk Talk are going to roll it into. What do they? You You uh, View, don't they? Talk Talk. Oh, of course they do. Yeah, they're on the U View platform. They're going to roll it. They're going to keep it going until they've managed to. I'm mean, figure out is a wrong word, but mm. get organised enough to roll it in. So I dare say they will have a a method of doing so. Well, it all comes down to if they'll even be able to, because, you know, Tesco will have, as we always know with these licensing deals, Tesco's would have had a deal with the movie companies, and if they don't want to transfer that license, it's gone. They haven't got a joint. It is the fastest cake in the world, but how... <laughs> how um, uh, Alex, did you ever try Blinkbox? Did you... Yeah, we had Blinkbox for a while. We were testing Blinkbox for... Um, Tesco's before they launched it, actually. Um, it, it, it was okay. Um, it, I'm trying to think what it's like because there's a few of them out there that sort of. What, where I think Blinkbox came a bit unstuck is when they started, you had uh, sort of Netflix and Love Film, they were already around, but they were just streaming services. And of course, you had um, iTunes. But at the time, you didn't have. Like, I mean, at the moment. I'm pretty sure it still works. Sky, you know, you can download and buy off of the Sky platform. Um, you can download and buy off of UView. You know, because at the time, other than um, iTunes, it was one of the few places that you could actually pay for an an, in, uh, an individual film to watch, like rent it, or or buy it down the line because of. It just it wasn't something Amazon did do it, but if you remember when Amazon, I mean, when it was Love Film here, people weren't buying off of Love Film; they were just using it as a streaming service. Mm. And that's where it's fallen down. I mean, it was a good idea. They did have newer stuff on than all the others. If you wanted a film that was, um, you know, Netflix and Love Film, as was the films, are, you know, a couple of years old minimum, or a Blink Box were getting it at DVD, no, DVD release time. But then Sky came in and Sky started doing that. And, and people that already had a built-in platform, because if you were, you know, if you're going to use Sky, it's because you already had a Skybox. You already had all that ability. Wasn't Blinkbox so, the one who had uh, Game of Thrones to, to purchase? Yes, I think they did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did. And obviously Sky got that back. <laughs> they did, yes. Well, we've all got um, it yeah. yeah. I mean, iTunes has got it as well. But, but you know, just, that's where it come and start. I mean, it was. I was thinking back because I, I used to. I don't even know if it was on this show or, or even the previous incarnation of this show. I used to use a system called Seesaw, and that was. I mean, I sort of discovered it by accident. I can't even remember where I discovered it, 
And I used it for a couple of years, and there was no cost whatsoever. And it was like um, a bit like Netflix, not so many programs, obviously. But it was a bit like Netflix. It tended to be all be, um, British stuff. It tended to be all Channel 4 or BBC, to be honest. And then, then they brought in a... You could still watch the free stuff, but then there was like another tier where... I can't remember if you paid per item or you paid a subscription to watch them, but they just did not, they couldn't survive the Netflix were coming thing <laughs> and yeah. when they were gone. But I, I think the whole thing is a rationalization, but I mean, if you think about it, you you probably is okay because of that is the system that's going to run along with Freeview. You do need to plug it into the internet, but you know, Carl was saying, you know, for the everyday Joe that's not interested in technology, new view is the answer. It's a free view box. It does your recording. Once you've set it up, you feel like it's just your telly, you know? It's not like having a satellite dish. It's not like having a cable. It's not having all this complication. But I mean, it's just sad because I think Blinkbox were of that ilk. They were quite trailblazing. But like you say, it's not. I don't think it's as much to do with the problems with Blinkbox. It's the problems with Tesco's. And I think that's why it's gone. But, you know, I hope there's an awful lot of expertise that they develop because they, you know, they were forerunners. I hope none of that gets lost. Well, speaking of, um, speaking of streaming services and, uh, and things of that ilk, Netflix chief product officer Neil Hunt we won't block VPN users. This story from digitalspy.co.uk. Netflix's chief product officer has denied claims that the business plans to block VPN users. It was reported this week, and we uh, we spoke about it last week, um, that the streaming service was under pressure to block users who access overseas versions of the service via a VPN or geo-blocking bypass application. However, Netflix chief product officer Neil Hunt has spoken out to deny the reports. Um, speaking at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Hunt said, The claims that we have changed our policy on VPN are false. He added, People who are using a VPN to access our service from outside of the area will find that it still works exactly as it is always done. <laughs> it was reported earlier this week that major movie studios are attempting to force the streaming provider to take action against so-called geo-pirates. I have no idea how they're going to do that. Um... That all they can do is just play whack-a-mole with uh, with known IP addresses. Brilliant. Yeah. <clears throat> See, of course. Now, apparently, VPN. Uh, sorry, uh, Netflix does block VPN. It just doesn't do it that well. Mm. So, if you were <laughs> blocked by whatever service you choose to use, um, like the other week, you're still going to be blocked this week because it's part of their contract that they've got to try <laughs> at least look like they're trying, which is really strange to me why he's then come out at this big, you know, CES event and said, no, it's okay, fine. I can't see him win that winning him many fans. It, I mean, with the movie industries, it's great for us who, um, you know, we want to go in. Like sometimes I'll go on, I'll go and stream the Canadian Netflix or the U S Netflix, you know, it's part of the, it's part of the joy of it. And just to prove that I can do it, you know, it's not very hard to do, but just, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's kind of, cause they, you know, and the reason they can't shut it off, as you, you probably just said, is there's so many people who do it and it'll be a massive cut and they're already getting, um, I think it was maybe this week or something, they had, um, their investors saying, well, you didn't get many subscribers, did you recently? So already they're starting to snap at their heels. 
Um, yeah, well, I imagine the, the the investors are going. You know, everywhere we see, we've got people going. Well, I'm going to leave Netflix if you do that, and they're going. You know what? Screw Sony. <laughs> Take Sony's <laughs> films off. Yeah. You know, we're not having. We're not losing fifty percent of the the money we've already put in. And he, you know, he's in. He is in between a rock and a hard place. Mm. He's got investors that go. I don't care what they do as long as you build up the figures and we get our money. And then you've got people like Sony jumping up and down who, quite frankly, right at the moment, Sony is just trying to do anything to deflect publicity from their own mishaps. And um, and Netflix, the chief, is probably going, you know what? We signed an agreement saying we'd do, some, we'd do this. We are doing that. We are abiding by the agreement they signed up with us, right? Therefore... Why should we jump through hoops? They never said they were going to do anything different. They are doing what they do. Sony, the ones that have come to them and said, here's a dossier, act on it. And Netflix hasn't said anything. And then Sony have made such a big deal out of this. And it went public. And he goes, you know, we're Netflix. We're not Sony. Sony don't tell us what to do. We've got an agreement with Sony. That's the agreement we signed. When, when you know, the agreements come to be um, read. I just said there'll be something to happen, but you still got to keep your shareholders happy. And if the shareholder, if they're going to lose uh, revenue by doing this, the shareholders are not going to be happy by this. Mm. And let's it face says, it, the shareholders are far more important to him than Sony are. It also says on the on the on the piece, the Guardian write up of this is in the recent hacks, Sony hacks again. It was it said that they weren't happy about VPN usage and stuff like that. But again. This comes down to what we keep saying time and time again is global releases. Why don't they do global releases? It's insane. It's, it's, it's a throwback to a bygone era where you had film in cans and the, the film had to go out to certain cinemas first because there was only so X amount of cans. And then when they came back from those American cinemas, they get shipped to Europe, Asia, Russia, wherever, wherever else they went after that. And that was why you had, you know, a staggered release across the across the globe. Now it's digital. It, you know, it's just so it frustrating. In, it arrives in an email. <laughs> well, probably same press here. Yeah, click uh, from from you North know, they Korea. They probably use the glue. They probably use the uh, the new iCloud system. They just attach it to an email and it just downloads off the server. Because you can yes. get up to five gigabyte with that, can you? Yeah, that's enough for a. Um especially for a pirated version <laughs> well peter told us how it worked when he you know yeah. he was on the show and it's it makes no sense anymore to have um you know places specifically around the planet where it comes out a week before here and because all you're doing is feeding piracy it makes makes no sense makes no sense to me what the pirates eat um what the pirates what the eat pirates <laughs> I'm struggling to think of the punchline. Like movies. <laughs> All right, come on in. Next. <laughs> You're not going to tell us the, the answer? <laughs> no, no. No. Um, Carl's got to be in bed in about five minutes. Yeah, I, know, so I know he has, but... Uh, but it's six o'clock in the evening. Well, yeah, but PewDiePie, Zoella, and who else? What what the UK oh, watched oh, on YouTube is the biggest is the biggest thing on YouTube. He is I Carl is to, the biggest thing. Well, on I have to look up. <laughs> this is so sad. This proves I'm getting to Alex's point in life. Yeah, which is weird because he's younger than I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm younger than both and of you. I don't know looking. where these people are. And better looking. So I had to look up who Pew, Pew, <laughs> PewDiePie. Oh, you 
I can't believe you had to look <laughs> PewDiePie. Yes, I've, I got know. An, I've got an 11 year old son. I know all about PewDiePie. <laughs> so I looked him up, and he's a guy who basically does little videos. Sorry? You mean Felix Kilberg? You only know that because you've read the story. Oh, I know all about Stop. it. I get told about it all the time. He's, he's, my little one is absolutely fascinated how someone could have so many views and so many followers from doing... My son watches it. He goes, but he's not the best game reviewer. Anyway. He's, he's British. Listen, Brighton, apparently. He does. But it's kind he's, of weird. But no, he's from... But this I is don't what's... know if he's uh, Swedish. This is what astounds me, okay? I had a quick look on his YouTube page today because the story's a bit out of date. So he has 30, as like five, an hour ago when I looked it up, 33,638,341 subscribers on his YouTube channel. His biggest, his biggest watched video ever was 61,365,589. And it was something called the Funny Monarch. But but, yeah, there. but if all his all his videos together amassed over seven billion seven, views, yeah, yep. billion. My God, yeah. You see, and he's I'm, almost up to our numbers. Well, you know, yeah, he needs a, he's a, only, a he's only broadcast. He's only broadcasting to this universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I watched it, and it's it's. I can see, I can see why children might be fascinated by it because it's lots of flashy things jumping up. It's very shortcuts. You're empathising, is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it was quite funny. Some of the bits I, I did go, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but um, it's not something I could watch for day after day after day. You're not an eleven-year-old boy. It's just well, exactly. Um, no, the point is, <laughs> no, the, the point is, it, in the old days. Uh, <laughs> You see yeah, the cold days. film. Are we going to no, become grumpy old gits? <laughs> become. <laughs> okay. I, I, I reached that point years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I say, in, in, back in the old days, you used to have things called cult films or cult TV shows, yeah. right? And they were cult because of they were okay, but they weren't mainstream and the oldies didn't really know about them. So they became cult because young people could have it to themselves, right? Young ones. Yeah, and we're quiet. Yeah, the young ones being cult, right? Now, if you did the young ones now, something that's actually quite good, cult is bigger than mainstream now because of word of mouth. If you did something like the young ones on YouTube, it would be the biggest thing that's ever happened on the planet. Right? Because, like I say, cult is bigger than mainstream. Mainstream, there's more people that watch this stuff than ever is going to watch 7 o'clock on a BBC2 or whatever it happens to be, or a Netflix or anything else. Be bearing in mind, this is free to the end user. Okay? The money is generated by revenues via... Adverts and um, um, clicks. Adverts and stuff. Yeah. So, it's no wonder. I mean, we're in the wrong game. I mean, we're too old, you know, because old people don't watch Netflix. My kids, especially my younger one, I think my older one's sort of moving away from him a bit now, but he'll have the telly on and then he'll pick up an iPad or a, a MacBook Pro or whatever it is to watch YouTube at the same time. And I'll say, oh, you've got to turn one or the other off. And he's always, I'll turn the telly off. And I think, I look at the, I mean, I don't mean to be you know, demeaning, I look at the rubbish he's watching. And it's not necessarily bad for you, but it's like, that's utter 
It's not doing anything. Not doing anything for your personal yeah. advancement. It's it? not doing anything for anything. You know, it's, it tends to be lots of people shouting or laughing or whatever, and it must be quite infectious. But it's theirs. It's their thing. It's their personal thing. It's nothing to do with us. And you know, if he's had thirty million views of that, I'm not being funny. But each child's probably watched it twenty times. <laughs> so it's only a few million people watching it because they obsess about it. And every time they see something, they like it. And another 10 people watch it because they've said, and everything's the best thing you've ever seen. It's like X Factor, isn't it? I want this more than anything. Everything, every last video I watch is definitely the best video I've ever seen in my life. And, and they all do it. It, it, it it's, it's sweet, but incredibly exploitable. I just, I just went on quickly on, on Wikipedia just to see, because it's the only thing I remember being quite a large number. Uh, Morecambe and Wise <laughs> audience for the Christmas show they did in 1977 was 21 to 28 million. That's quite a big gap. I don't know. Obviously, they weren't tracking it very well back then. That's, that's people but, watching something simultaneously, though. Yeah, I know. I know. But it just goes to pre- I'm just like comparing the audience. Oh, sizes. yeah. No, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, now you wouldn't get. Yeah. I don't think nothing even gets close to that because there's so much diversification on TV now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, evidently so. And Zoella, who whoever that is, and the thing no, is, the thing, it's a global audience. This is what the film yeah. companies keep failing to understand. They've got the product that people want, who want to, cl- who, who you know, who will go through hoops, jump through hoops to try and see it ahead of time. And if they just released it and make it a good film, don't make it the interview because you have to push it out because, you know, oh, anyway. Yeah, but well, imagine, well. <laughs> imagine if Avengers 3 came out digitally, globally on the same day. My God, can you imagine how much that would make? Remember, cinemas would... For the few things that, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say cinemas would complain if they if they made it yeah. digitally available. But remembering the things that do get onto YouTube, uh, like video film-wise, you know, produced by companies, which the companies allow to be on, because mm. some of them they do, or some bits they do, they're still nationally restricted. Yes, that's true. I oft- often I've like gone to search for a clip, yep. and it says, not in your country, mate. Yeah, not in your region. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it, they do it all over the place. I mean, is it the f- actually the thing is, whenever I get a new telly or a new box that plugs into a telly, the first thing my youngest says is, "Can you get the YouTube app?" Mm-hmm. And for instance, you know, very expensive tellies, and half the time, at least half the time, they're playing YouTube videos. Um, it is. I don't think we as old farts, or me and Carl, obviously, and Russ as a, an aspiring old fart, <laughs> um, I don't think we have really any idea of this, I think, is their future. Mm, this is the future of it. It's going to be, basically, it's going to be Netflix and YouTube. <laughs> and um, they <clears throat> might have some telly on in the morning because of it's, they've always got to have something to try and distract them from actually thinking about anything. So you might have the telly on in the morning playing some rubbish game show or something so that they can sort of drool at that whilst missing their mouth with their cereal or the breakfast table. And that's about the only place you're going to have TV anymore. I've just been looking actually on, on, on YouTube again. Age of Avengers 2 Age of Ultron trailer has sent 64 million <laughs> views and now i'm just trying to see what the official one is for star wars for example i was going to say what was that five second clip from star wars <laughs> i'm trying to find the official one i can't find the official one um is that it official trailer 
Oh, strangely enough, it's only had 13 million. That can't be official only one. Only 13 million? Wow. Exactly. <laughs> um, that might be the daily count. 3,543 have disliked it as well. Very oh, strange. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's weird. No, I, I wasn't just, one of those. I just think it's, um, I think the movie companies are missing the trick. And these, these guys who, who they, they concern me a little bit because I got a horrible feeling they're going to get ripped off by big media. Well, they're gonna this, come- is, it, this is my point. I was going to say about PewDiePie and whatever they've set up. Well, what happened is, you know, you've got the companies that do the advertising for YouTube. They, yeah. they come along and they say, okay, we will organize that. We take 50. I don't know what it is. I can't remember. But he was signed up to one of these companies. And obviously he, did, he, he produces the biggest revenue for this company there is. Now, he's contract with them. I don't know if it was annually or two years or whatever. It was about to run out. And him and this other guy, person and a few of them there's like 10 of them that are responsible for sort of 60 percent of all traffic of that type on the internet you know uh, which is billions of clicks and they were going to form their own company to handle the revenue of, of their own so they, they haven't got a problem that's because they were originally talking about you know coming off youtube and setting up their own channels oh god <laughs> and they're still talking about that but i think that you're going to lose that new follower type thing. People are going to go, oh, no, I don't want to go somewhere else. It's got to be within YouTube. But it, so they are at the point now where they are saying, we're not having big media ripping us off because they still feel probably rightly so to an extent, but they still probably feel like, you know, um, I don't know when punk came along, you know, it, they were making a few quid, but it was certainly weren't. And they, didn't want to manage and they certainly they didn't want to go on top of the pops and go in the charts they realized towards the end they had to do something because <laughs> otherwise it was a dying duck but you know they are if you like they are the punk of video blogging or whatever they call it vlogging or whatever it's called and they're finding their own feet but just like anyone you, you can be on the outskirts you know you can be a fringe but as soon as that fringe becomes popular enough you all tend to sort of fall into line a little bit and think, actually, there's a few million dollars in this. Mm. I'll, uh, I, I think we'll do that. I think we'll do that. We might get a manager. We might get this, you know. you know. I mean, someone looked after Sid Vicious, for goodness sake, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, uh, let's find out what, what's, been, what's, been, um, what's been distracting us. This this last uh, this last week, what have we been watching, reading, listening to, or playing this week? On my list is nothing. I'm afraid. Guess if you're not even what? written that. I haven't had any time at all. I've been busy, things to do, stuff to do, preparing for this podcast. Preparing for this podcast. Yes. So let me get this straight. You do a media related podcast, but you don't watch anything. Not this week, no. I, haven't had, <laughs> I just haven't had the time. I've I've played a little bit of Elite Dangerous. Well, that's okay. it. It's like me having a Mac games. show, an Apple podcast, and then not touching any of my devices, which is never going to happen. No, well, no. <laughs> but then again, by that logic, I could have a a a, a Mac show or a Windows. You could show. have a Windows show. I could have a Windows show. There you go. I could have a guitar show. A chair show. I sit in a chair. Or well, this, yeah. Do you know there's a joke coming here, but I'm not brave enough to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've already got one of those. Right. Um, Alex. <laughs> right. I've got a few things, but a lot of them are just because I want to give people a heads up on things, right? 
Foils Wars. Uh, so we've got to episode two of the three. Really good. I, I was a little bit worried because of sort of taking him out of Hastings and some of the old characters, the real characters that we know from this is, Foils Wars. This, this is the new series. Yeah. yeah. So there's only three parts and we've had two of them and they've been superb. The last one was a bit traumatic, but. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because of current events made it more so. But yeah, it was really, really, really good. Um, I don't know how much more they can carry on with, but they don't seem to be rushing to finish off any of the, um, you know, the arcs. So I think they can go on. And to be honest, if, they, if they're only going to do three a year, why cancel it? You can carry on. You know, not a problem. I wish we had arcs oh, in our life. Because <laughs> they Because your life, it just all carries on, arcs. doesn't it? There's no, there's <laughs> never that satisfying conclusion to something, and then you go, "Oh my!" Well, it depends what you do. You, you, you got to plan still. You got to plan all, things for art. They all sort of open. They all sort of end like, and well, have a relationship. Never, they tend to. Yeah, they're, they're always <laughs> they arcs. Are, well, yeah, they've ended quite cataclysmic. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, just make you feel good about himself. It's more right. like the end of Battlestar Galactica than you know. Start at the next generation. <laughs> Mine's more like Sopranos, where I'm suddenly just talking and then all of a sudden... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Let's, after now we've annihilated Carl. Um, right, you've got, at the moment, you've got Suspicion um, on iPlayer, which was... Um, Could I get it right? It was a Hitchcock, not a Hancock. It was a Hitchcock Suspicious. movie. Cary Grant, really good movie. If you've never seen it, it's one of... an incredibly good movie. Black and white. Brilliantly acted, actually. And it's slightly darker, and I quite like the slightly darker um, Cary Grant movies, so do watch that. Mention this, because if they've only played part one, it's a six-parter, but uh, BBC Four are replaying the 1982 Smiley's People series. I have that on DVD. Yeah, the Cary. I have it on DVD oh, with, um, with uh, Alec Guinness, isn't it? Guinness. Yeah, there's some, it's a brilliant cast. It is superb, though. So, anyway, so you got it on the iPlayer, um... Don't, oh, a finger no, coming up. Is, is Smiley's People the sequel to Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? They never made they never made a series of the sequel to Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy because that was the Honourable Schoolboy. Um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was the first one. Uh, the Honourable Schoolboy was the second one. And um, Smiley's People was the last one. It was the Carla trilogy. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's all part of the same... It's the same group. The same gang. Hmm. So anyway... That <laughs> same is, group of people, <laughs> So they've got part. I think they're doing they're doing one uh, one a week. Um, so yeah, that should be good. I just thought about. I um I've seen this before back in the day. Obviously before because Fred Nibbler's been died. He's been dead quite a long time now. Right? He's called him Fred Nibbler. Dibna. Dibna. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Skype has been playing really bad at my end. I don't know how it's been coming. So anyway, he's got a building of oh, Britain, which I think was a six part series and. So the first four parts on iPlay, I really enjoyed those again. Um, I always thought he was amazing. Yeah, he wasn't trained to, um, you know, he wasn't a TV, what do you call him? I don't know what you call it. A host, presenter. I don't know what it is. Presenter. Yeah. But when it's something that he was passionate about, either, you know, buildings or steam engines or something, his enthusiasm came across. And in this one, you know, it was really near the very end of his life, actually. And he was just showing all his skills because he was an amazing draftsman and stuff. So he did lots of drawings of things to show you how something would work. It was really lovely. Um, really, I don't know. I really miss him, actually. It's, he was a type that you don't seem to have anymore. And, you know, quite a good, 
he was very good at what he was. And um, just in case people missed it, and they're still there, the Royal Institution Christmas lectures are still on the iPlayer. They were really good this year. Um, I can't remember her name, which is really bad. I should have written it down. But the, quite often they do the Royal Institution, and I know there are kids in the audience, but a lot of the stuff they aim above the kids' heads. And I think I don't think that's right. I mean, I think you should play to the your audience. And some of the things were obviously a slightly uh, lower end science, shall we say, because it was the kids in the audience. But it was fun. It was really exciting. Uh, it's lovely to see the kids sort of gasping, "Wow, what, how did you do that?" type thing. And um, you know, so they're still there. And they, I always watch the Royal Institution Christmas lectures, and and um, you know, what are they? An hour each. And they're really good, so they they can't be up for much longer. I think they came out just after Christmas this year, didn't they? So you've probably got a couple of weeks left. But, you know, go and grab them while you can. And that's really it. Well, all of the Christmas specials and the various Christmas viewing should be on for the next 30 days, shouldn't it? Yeah, actually, I I haven't seen things. Because you remember there was that swap over period between the the seven days and the 30 days. I haven't seen anything that's been on seven days for a while. So I think they've... That line has now been drawn, and we're into the thirty-day schedule. And it enough makes a difference, yeah, yeah. and not because of it's not because I haven't got time to go and watch things for thirty days. It's because of I reckon eighty percent of what I want the what I watch an iPlayer. I find because it's an iPlayer, I don't miss it and then go, oh, I've got to remember to watch it on iPlayer. It's like Smiley's people. I was looking for the iPlayer in certain categories for something to watch. And I went, Smiles People's Birthday. And I was like, so absolutely excited. So that's why I mention it now, rather than after, you know, Smiles People's on next week, remember to watch it. I find so much of what I watch because of the iPad. It is a channel on its own, and it's a, a TV guide on its own. And I reckon, I was looking at it today, and I was flicking through, and I was thinking, I could just live on the iPlayer and maybe Netflix, maybe not. Um, but, I mean, I won't because I'm that type of person. But I I just look at it and thinking there is so much. And every time I go on the iPlayer, it's getting harder and harder to find things because of with the 30-day thing and with the collections thing. It The catalogue is so, is a, you know, a rolling catalogue. It's getting so massive. It's really exciting. I just, I just don't know how long they can just not charge separately for it because it's getting so big. You've got to wonder, you know, there must come a point where they've got to do something about it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Mr. Carl, what is up when you finally finished examining your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> What's on I your went and watched, I went and got some, uh, some comedies I enjoy from the past because uh, firstly I got School of Rock because it was like, iTunes, oh, well, like, yeah, iTunes movie of the week, and it was like three ninety nine for yeah. HD version. I thought I can't turn that down. So, what about the HD you know, version? Yeah, HD version. <laughs> he said, hey. "You know what? H- <laughs> we we had that, and we went on. We have that, and we went on holiday with the kids, and I forgot to pack it, so I bought it again because that's how much they love it. So when we were away, I bought it. So I've got two copies, but it's that they love that movie. It's it's pretty inoffensive and it's just it's, it's like, surprisingly um, inoffensive considering the cast yeah, actually yeah. but it's a bit like i don't know fame or something for rock fans yes it yeah, is absolutely. so it stars jack black um who's a, a musician and he's, he's a bit wild with his band so they let him go so he's out of work and uh 
he lives with some in someone else's flat, and they get a they're a, a substitute teacher, and a call comes in for them to be needed, and he takes the call, and because he needs the money, he pretends to be his flatmate. He goes in and he starts to try and teach, and then of course he finds out that this group that he's teaching can actually play real instruments, so <laughs> like classical instruments. So he starts to try and teach them how to play rock, and he basically he just teaches them every single rock cliche there is going and they <laughs> yeah. form this band and it is just awesome and it's you know it really makes you think wow i, I could i could be in a rock band that's really easy it's just it's so infectious and it's such a feel-good movie you know and it's and then it's also it's got like the third act thing where everything goes wrong and then they have to put the show on and it's it's just brilliant i love it so yeah, it's very cliche but it doesn't feel that it doesn't feel cliche because it's done in such good with such good sense of humour, and it's and, yeah, and Jack don't Black expect an HSD though. No, no, Jack and Jack Black is just fantastic in it. I never knew he could like be so such a warm actor until I saw him in this. Yeah, he's quite yeah. soft, isn't he? He's mm. quite gentle, and because I'm used to yeah. him seeing him like him really like angry or or like kicking puppies off bridges in in, in Anchorman and stuff like that. But, he was really he was really good in uh, High Fidelity, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, and more love for music one of course yes indeed but it's a really good and especially if you like rock music every single classic track is in this film that I could possibly think of um, another one I went back and watched because there's another feel good movie for me Happy Gilmore <laughs> Adam Sandler movie okay nothing highbrow about this whatsoever he's a guy who really wants to become a hockey player but he, he can't skate so um, <laughs> so he he finds he, he ends up through a series of you know construed plot devices that he can whack a golf ball really far like 400 yards it always gets on the green and, and it's just him fighting against this snob of a golf player and it's you know good versus evil and it's really funny I just I just love it and I use a VPN for this next one and I tunneled through to America and I watched Agent Carter yeah so and uh, so Agent Carter is basically I think it's a 10 episode miniseries which is on in the States while Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on hiatus and it follows the exploits of Agent Carter who is the, uh, the female let me Let me explain it. <laughs> oh, I'd love oh, to. <laughs> well, I okay. think Agent Carter, wasn't she the one that originally started Agent the S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Basically, well, yes, it, you, it's, very much. it's what S.H.I.E.L.D. will become. So yes, but before. I... I knew that, and I, I actually know what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, and I know that's it, actually. But come on, come on. No so, one knew that. I know what that was. So, so she obviously is in the first Captain America movie. I do and, know that. And the story is, uh, the war is basically over now. And so you've got it's the GI's, GI's coming back to America, and they're starting to take all the jobs that the females were doing. And every, she's working in, I think it's the FBI. No, it's this, this NS, I can't remember what the initials are, it's, damn organization but they're treating, her, they're treating her like a secretary and of course she's the best she's the best agent out of any of them and uh and and howard stark tony stark's dad hires her to try and clear his name and it's all very it's all very actiony and it's fantastic i just i just love it i can't i'm not sure when we're getting it over here but like i say i use vpn and i tunneled through to america to watch it and the last one i watched i watched this again because i was i was bored over the break <laughs> and it's the red letter media review <laughs> of Revenge of the Sith. And he goes on for about an hour and a half and this guy just literally destroys Revenge of the Sith. It just points out every flaw, every boneheaded choice that Lucas made in all those films. 
Um, and it just shows, it, it just points out so well why they're rubbish. And, and he'll compare it. He'll compare like, you know, whenever there's action shots, whenever it's, you know, a screen's full of special effects, it's all zooming around. There's lots of flashy camera angles and zoom pulls and, and stuff like this. But when it comes to actors, it's literally two people walking down a corridor. One will sit. The other one will sit. They'll talk. The camera will cut between them at a hedge type. One will stand up and go and look out the window. End scene. And repeat for every other walking, talking scene in the entire movie. And it continuously cuts back to what he used to do, you know, when he was making Star Wars. And it's like camera angles that are, you know, blocked properly so you can see the person behind the main person. And it's, it just shows a dynamicism that he loses. And then it shows him back in the desert of uh, Tunisia, I think it was, when he filmed the first one. And he, he's running around saying, okay, no, you need to do this. And then it cuts to him <laughs> directing Return of the, uh, Revenge of the Sith. And he's sitting on a chair looking at two monitors going, yeah, cut. No, a bit more there. Yeah. Like the guy has lost all interest by that point, but and that's why he destroyed a load of our childhood memories. Which is why I hoped, and you know, JJ Abrams does really does it justice. Well, we'll find out, won't we? We'll that's find why out. I haven't watched any of the other movies. Well, you haven't I've seen never... you haven't seen the third, the, the second trilogy. No, I saw a bit of the first one. You haven't missed much. Because there was the girl that was in uh, Black Swan was in it. Yeah. Natalie Portman. Yeah, and I started watching that thinking, if Natalie Portman can't get me interested, this film must be bad. She's so wooden in it. She's given nothing to If you compare her performance in Star Wars to to the one she gave in, um, you know, something like V for Vendetta or something like that. I'm like she's a superb actress. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not. Well, I watched about twenty minutes of this. Way I'm not watching this. So, if you really want to see like Revenge of the Sith or all of the trilogy, get eviscerated, basically, go and watch Red Letter Media. But be warned, it's probably not safe for work. Most of us would say it's not safe for the children, but you'd say no. work. Well, that's what they say. Not safe for work, isn't it? So, so I know that meme. What do you mean? You would sit at work and watch videos rather than getting on with your work. Well, I do in traffic jam sometimes. Guilty as <laughs> charged. <laughs> Mainly it's not me playing them, it's someone else in the office playing them, and he knows who he is. Anyway, that, that that's a show. What do we think? Yeah, it's, it's almost of a reasonable period of time. <laughs> it is, it is. You're not going to get everybody having to download an enormous 90 meg file this 90 time. meg. I looked at that file and went, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. It's a good that. nine make of good quality. It is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. We should do it in that new format that's going to go on that pogo, whatever it's called. <laughs> what, the lossless? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do record it in 24-bit, actually. It gets recorded at 40, 44 kilohertz, 24 bits. Um, so my voice might sound a little bit better, but everyone else's will still sound like, you know, yeah. Skype warmed up, which is essentially what like, I like, like flack. Yeah, flack. Skype warmed yeah. up. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> right. Pono player. The Pono player. When I started writing that in, I was thinking, why are they riding around on horses trying to listen to MP3s? Bloody stupid. Then I realised it didn't say that. I'd, I'd love to try one of those things out, actually. I, 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 hear, I hear good things because they've got, they've got a decent, uh, decent, well, we a decent headphone preamplifier in them and uh, headphone amplifier, sorry. You'll think it's a silly name. Everything else, yeah. Well, if iPod, that's a silly name. Macintosh, that was a silly name. The Beatles, that was a silly name, I'm sure. No, it's just... Okay, well, I'll give you some of them, but not all of them. 
Mac and Forth, the stupidest name I've ever oh, heard. Oh, dear. Doesn't hold a candle to airways. Anyway, it, it just remains for me to ask you two gentlemen where we can find you. Alex, we will... Um, we'll, we'll, come um, to me in a minute. We'll come to you in a minute. Carl, where can we find you, sir? Well, if you want to get hold of me on Twitter, I'm at Claw0101. And if you really want to help me out, I'm just nine people away from breaking 500. So it's just nine people who don't follow me can follow me. I'll get over to 500 followers. Whee! I've got a couple of utility Twitter accounts I can follow you with. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you get hold of me on the, our, our Apple-related show, uh, macandforth.com. First episode of 2015 coming out on, on Wednesday, I believe. Recording on Wednesday, coming out on Thursday, yes. Thursday? Oh. Our anniversary show. Look forward to that. Look forward to that. Thank you very much you for have, coming on. You're going to have like, love music before it starts. Yes, yes. You're going to sing just the four of us. Five of us. You and four oh, of yeah, us. We, Hang on, how many? One, two, three, four of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> there will be five. You got Missy. Yeah, Missy, of course. She's the fifth one. Right. Excellent. She's the, she's the Stuart Sutcliffe. We'll see you. <laughs> and I'm at a very British view. Hey. A very British view. You won't, no, that's a spam account. It's very British view. Oh, There's no A at the beginning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, dear. Oh, he was so Outside pleased with himself as well. Time. Oh. Now I know why you're not a social media, like, you know, hero. Everybody Ooh. says, oh, I'm a social media expert. And now I know why Alex doesn't claim to yeah. be a social media expert. Well, for a start, yeah, he no changed his Twitter handle. And now he can't remember it, even though I ask him it every week. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't say A... That Alex is, G. Fox. It doesn't work, does it? So at, it's I'll never forget. Very Do you, you know why? Because I originally wanted a very British view, and it was too many letters, <laughs> so I had to get rid of the A. Just, just look in the show docs. It's there. Oh. <laughs> it is. It is there. It's lovely. Right. Right. I'm gonna have to change it again. Okay. Fair enough. Right. Well, while Alex what goes I call and, myself this time. While Alex goes and signs I've got up a few for suggestions. Another Twitter account. You can find me on Twitter at SF Drummer. That's all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwaveshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the airwaves.com or you can get us on Twitter at airwavescast. You see, I write these ones down so I can remember them. Or you can subscribe to us in iTunes. Also, we have a Google Plus community. Uh, go over to Google Plus, click on the Communities tab, do a search for the airwaves, and up we will pop. We will return next week with another exciting and mind-expanding episode of the airwaves. We're going to give everyone free drugs before they listen. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but until then, probably not. Take care, everybody. Sure. I hope the weather's good for you all. There's a big frost symbol on Friday <laughs> on the weather app on the iPhone. You didn't, you didn't do your funny. Oh, I, well, I can't do it. I can't go as high. We'll have to add it. That's because we haven't finished yet. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you walked into that one. <laughs> oh, dear.